0: Over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House.
1: Yes, it is. Nine o'clock, it's our open uh, on the house topic, where we spend the entire hour talking about specifically something on your home, castle, or cabin. And we're talking something pretty specific today. (laughs) We've been talking exterior accents all month long. If you follow our home maintenance calendar, it's something you can get by going to com On homeowner resources, you can see the calendar option there. So you can see the PDF or if you'd like the physical uh, paper calendar, we mail them out uh, monthly. And it's a free a free calendar to any of our listeners. You just let us know the address you would like it sent. Or you can stop at any of the showrooms of our partners. They have all have stacks in their showrooms that we keep supplied. And it gives you an idea of what we're talking about. So if there's something in particular you'd like to learn or tackle on your home, it can help uh, lay out and line out for you what we're going to do. And publishing the topics a year in advance really helps us stay focused on digging up quality content, Uh, Enhancing the content, uh, digging in with guests, experts, manufacturers, yada, yada, yada.
0: And today, we want to talk to uh, you Arizona homeowners that uh, elected to buy the most highest cost maintenance home on the planet. The territorial style.
1: (laughs) It doesn't have to be. The way they are built currently makes them that way.
0: Well, I can remember back; it was it was the seventies when the custom and semi-custom home builders wanted a look other than just concrete tile and skip trowel stucco on the walls. And there were a couple guys: uh, Bill Tull comes to mind, uh, Dick Johns comes to mind, Paul Yates. Uh, rec short uh, that went for at the time we called it the taos the pueblo look and it's the uh, smooth stucco with parapet walls and basically a nearly flat roof and
1: and it's a beautiful look for the southwest
0: it is it is and and you know the taos pueblo has been there for a thousand years uh because they built it with masonry well, well and, and and because the woman's job is to make sure the house stays covered in fresh plaster all the time so I mean it's a very of all the home styles available in Arizona the territorial, it's my opinion is the most high maintenance home you can buy and it's because every element of the house is exposed to Mother Nature there's no protected environment anywhere and some of those semi-custom and custom home builders names i mentioned earlier uh, bill Tull in particular had this passion and compulsion to get more and more authentic so rather than just glue on some vega beams on the outside of a wall he wanted them to be real vega beans, load-bearing right through the exterior wall, carrying the roof, you know, system and everything. Well, man, every time you put one of those wood Vigas up, and he went, and he built out of authentic thin adobe. I mean, you were basically putting a water conduit. <laughs> you were basically putting a sponge. And God bless him, I loved his designs. We've got a couple of homes up in Carefree and Cave Creek and Paradise Valley of his that we've done extensive remodeling on well a big part of the reason they needed extensive remodeling was all of this exposed unprotected wood acting as a sponge going directly into an adobe wall and that is a that is a a, a recipe for eventual disaster and we've got a special guest coming in uh segment two of this hour Talking to us about restoring uh, those wood Vegas and the, the livelihood uh, he's making traveling Arizona. Deferred maintenance just, option. <laughs> just fixing all those cracked, warped, you know, sponges that we call wood Vegas sticking out of these walls. But there's a lot of reasons the maintenance on these homes, uh, uh, you, you gotta pay a little bit better attention to them. There's a lot to be said for a concrete tile roof that's got the right underlayment, that extends two feet past all your exterior walls. You're basically putting a 20 to 30 year impervious umbrella over your house that does provide some protection of the driving rain against your doors and windows. Well, these territorial homes have no protection, zero protection. And it took us about five years to realize you've got to put special flashing in and around all your doors and windows because they're totally exposed, no protection whatsoever. And as the wall above every door and window gets saturated with rain, they come down to the header of the door and window and simply roll into the door and the header, and a, a, a huge problem with water penetration. So we had to start putting special flashing every place we tucked the plaster into a header. And then some of the guys wanted to put wood Vega headers in there for looks. Well, they're sorry they ever did that. (laughs) Oh, man, are those those are a real problem. So if you've got a territorial home, we're going to kind of take you through this hour. Some of the things you can do to make sure... You're not deferring things that need to be done. And I guess we could start with all of that by talking the roof. The roof is totally exposed to everything the elements can throw at it, the sun being its biggest enemy. And when we were building those territorial homes, we would generally at the time in the 70s put a 90-pound, three-layer asphalt roof down. And then as you come up the back of the parapets, you had to come up a good, we, we used to like to come up a good 9 to 12 inches. And then the stucco goes over the top of that. And when the stucco comes down on top of the roof, you actually have to have a weep screed there so the water that gets in the stucco on the parapet has a way to get out. Well, if that's the roof you've been living with, You've got a couple of options. One of the things is just foam the whole thing. But you have to be very strategic about how you foam it because the foam is going to cover all the weep holes of that stucco weep screed that's on the back side of the parapet. So you've got to extend your foam roof all the way up the back of the parapet and extend your elastomeric coating of the roof over the top of the parapet because I would tell you that over half of the water leaks that a territorial home will have starts at the parapet, not the roof. The stucco goes over the top of this parapet. The lath, which is the material we stucco to, is generally wrapped around the 2 by 4 the 2 by 6 and it causes a very weak link. And stucco is not waterproof. And as soon as it's cracked, it's an instant route of water to take to the underlayment. And depending on how well your underlayment is installed, could be a direct route into your insulation and your structural studs and the backside of your sheetrock and all that mess that, that all of that creates. So when you get to re-roofing one of these homes, the foam roofers for years just would take the foam right up to the drip reglet and stop and extend the elastomeric up another four to six inches until we realized we're basically trapping the water that's falling on the parapet inside underneath the roof. So if you have to re-roof, you either have to get in and completely tear the 90-pound out And re-roof it back with 90 pounds, which makes it tough because you have to get underneath that drip edge again. Or you foam it. But if you foam it, make sure your contractor knows you don't just want the roof foamed. You want the whole backside of the parapet foamed up at least halfway. And then the elastomeric coating taken all the way up the backside of the parapet and over the top. And we generally take it to about the 90% point. Because you don't want to see that elastomeric from the ground, but you want it. As a bird is flying over your territorial home and they're looking down at your roof, all you want to see is the elastomeric topcoat on the roof, the backside of the parapets, and the top of the parapets. And that's the first thing you can do to extend the life of a territorial Taos Pueblo, Santa Fe style home. Get The back of the parapets taken care of and sealed and the top of the parapets taken care of and sealed with a continuous uh, uh, elastomeric coating that extends over the entire roof. And people may get confused. Elastomeric, Rosie, that's almost like a cuss word to you from all the shows we've listened to. Elastomeric does fine on horizontal surfaces and short vertical surfaces like the back of a parapet. You would never paint your house. Exterior walls with elastomeric paint.
1: Now, when you're doing that foam roof topping, you can put outsolation on the roof. Oh, yeah. Add add a layer of foam. And we talk a lot of times when you're insulating an attic that over R39 doesn't make sense. That's right. In in the In the desert floor. <laughs> yes. For an attic. Well, a territorial style roof doesn't really have an attic. Could you go past R39 or is it still that magic number for for outcillation on your roof well you could go as high as you
0: want but it's where is it economically feasible and and r40 is still right there r39 r40 is right there where you
1: need to be. If you'd like to join the conversation, one 888 That's one triple eight rosie for you. Text is four one one nine two three and email at info at com. If you follow us on social media, you know yesterday we had to uh, sign off one of our uh, employees retiring, for retirement. Retiring member Mrs. Becky Larson and you can also see our vehicle of choice is not only Ford but Sanderson Ford. We took over the parking lot at Ahuales. Yeah, we we met at a
0: remote remote location out of the office just to kind of celebrate Becky's retiring and uh it was funny because you went back outside and there was a
1: whole row of Fords. <laughs> and they were all ours. Yeah, they and were and They were I, all from Sanderson. I, and I need a little fatherly advice. I've been going back and forth. Uh, my F-150 is now getting near the end of its economic life. Yeah, you've got about so, all you can get out of that room. So do I go for a Ranger for better gas mileage or... Do I take what I would have spent on a Ranger and put it into a 450 for our next rodeo rig?
0: Well, you'll have to stay tuned for my fatherly advice on that. But my advice to all of you is whatever car you're looking for, get to Sanderson Ford.
1: Welcome back on this beautiful Arizona Saturday morning to Rosie on the house and our nine o'clock hour. We're talking exterior finishes on territorial style homes. And one thing that makes a true territorial style home are the wood poles you see poking out of the side of the building that are called Vegas. And originally they were structural, but in today's construction, they're just a decorative in most applications. And you always run into the same problem. They split, they crack, they leak, they become a maintenance nightmare. But we have the vegan man joining us this segment to talk about his solution to the vegan nightmare.
2: Morning, Romy. I kind of thought this through one time as remodeling high-end homes. And I saw a problem. I thought to myself, what are they going to do when these things rot, especially if there is a structural situation? I mean, you can't pull a VEGA pole out of the ceiling without incurring thousands of dollars of repair. So, laying around in bed for about, and thinking about it for about three or four years, I finally got off my duff, got a little money together, came up with um, uh, a solution with fiberglass VEGAs. Now, what I have are several diameters uh, 7 inch, 9 inch, 11 inch, 12 inch, 13 to 14, 18, and 22. Now they come 22 inches long, and what I do is I cut them to length. Well, I'll first go out to my customer and see what they need, their, their demands are. These vegas are molded from real ponderosa pine logs, so they do look like real wood, once painted and finished and installed. How they're installed is we take a painted vega, slip it over existing so there's no demo or tear out or problems that exist with that, and I fix it tied up against the stucco with a screw that's really nondescript you can't see it and then I use a... a uh,
1: Attaches a VEGA to the stucco?
2: Right, I've got it. Now it's a solvent-based... <laughs> solvent-based. <laughs> yes, yeah, so it's not water-based so it lasts a long time and I've been doing it for 10 years and I haven't had a callback yet but once it's affixed to the stucco I go ahead and liberally, liberally apply my caulking compound and then to smooth it out because nobody can caulk perfect I'll take the exterior house color paint, smooth it out, and then it looks perfect. When you
1: say looks perfect, it, it, rotting wood does not attract the eye. No. <laughs> and when it's a major architectural feature of a territorial home, you, know, a, you very rarely see people let those go too long without maintenance. But it's in constant reoccurring maintenance, and this eliminates that maintenance element.
2: That's correct. But you'd be surprised how many people let them go to where there's just an absolute hole in the house.
1: (laughs) When you get to those situations, can you fix those as well?
2: Yes, we do have a solution for that, and it's it's perfect. I fashion a piece of wood that fits inside my vega, and I will affix that and anchor it to the home as long as it stretches beyond the open hole size. And that, that gives me something to affix my fiberglass vega to and follow through with the caulking, and uh, touch up as mentioned.
1: I mean, we're talking Vegas but I've seen examples in displays where you've done exposed wood headers. Uh, a lot of times you see the Vegas being used as the vertical supports for patios and that type of thing. Can, can this be applied in a vertical application around a, a pole?
2: Well the problem with a vertical pole, pole is that you'll have to bring two halves and make it come together there and it it really doesn't work because I have to have, you know, poles are various sizes to make them come together and look good. Isn't really an option, vertically. But as far as the window lentils are concerned, that's just not a problem whatsoever. We have fiberglass sheets that look like real wood that we cut and affix to the existing decaying lentil. And it looks like wood and it's brand new and it's sealed off and everything's good to go. The house looks brand
1: new now what about somebody that may have a stucco home but no vegas is this something where they could add um, a couple fiberglass
2: molds to to give it that look yeah it's the same thing as if there was an open hole there i'll fashion a piece of wood to fit inside the size viga they want and then i'll fix that piece of wood to the house and that way i have something to attach my viga to and Of course, finish it off with caulking and paint.
1: What is the life expectancy of a fiberglass mold when it's not being beat up on a boat?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I tell my customers, call me anytime until the day I die. I mean, fiberglass lasts forever as long as they keep it painted, you know, painted on a schedule with their house. And they should be good to go for a long time.
1: What what does one unit... Cost if I'm going to do a 22 inch length and I've got an 18 inch diameter Viga tail. What what is is there a unit price for just one?
2: Well, let's go to my most common size, okay, which is a nine inch. that's Okay with you? And uh, 22 inch is a little long. Most of them are 18, and uh, I have an exclusive manufacturer, so I pick those up, cut them to length, lightly sand, wash, prime, paint, and install. That Viga will cost you. $235. Wow,
1: that's extremely uh, affordable compared to the alternative.
2: <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, the time people spend trying to refurbish these things over and over again, I have people just come out and look at the job when it's finished, which doesn't take very long, and are fibergasted because the house looks brand new now. And you can find Mr. Stephen Williams at
1: rosieonthehouse.com. I think we've got you in a couple categories because this isn't a really standard category. So I think we did create Viga tales but we don't want to assume that somebody is going to know what that term is. So we stuck you in roofing. We stuck you in siding.
2: Great. Great. I'm glad you did that because I have a lot of people ask me, what are these called? And I've had people call them.
1: The, the wood things sticking outside. Yeah. Now, your company name is Saw Design and Fiberglass Vegas. What does the name represent?
2: <laughs> well, I've carried it around for years and years, and it's simply Stephen Allen Williams. If you've got wood exterior Vegas
1: that you're trying to cover up and defer that maintenance, Saw Design and Fiberglass. Again, Vegatails category, RosyOnTheHouse.com or directly to vegatails.com.
0: making our way through arizona saturday morning right here at rosie on the house glad you're tuned in today this hour we're talking about the santa fe style home the territorial style home the pueblo style home it's generally smooth stucco with parapets and wooden vigas either as structural load-bearing members or as decorative accents. Sometimes those are uh, laced with smaller diameter peeled poles called vigas or uh, latias. And uh, and then once you've added those, you've only doubled the amount of maintenance that you have to have on this style home, but it's authentic. And, you know, we talk about it being high maintenance. Uh, it is mimicked after the Taos, Pueblo style. Uh, That's over a thousand years old. Uh, You know, we have similar examples of it here in Arizona. Uh, Up on the Navajo and Hopi Reservation, up on Third Mesa, is a settlement called Oribe. And Romy, did you know Oribe, Arizona, is the oldest continuously inhabited settlement in North America? North America in North wow. America I did not so right here a uh, and it, it's all pretty much done in this particular style of architecture
1: there's been a lot of articles about the Navajo Nation in the news lately because there are homes just now for the first time getting electricity oh wow there's still communities up there that have no electricity to their home and they just powered like 300 new homes for the first time ever.
0: Wow. Just as they're getting ready to close the electric plant.
2: <laughs> Can't see you wait. Yeah. They have the new rate plants, too. <laughs>
0: yeah, right. Yeah, and they got the new rate plants. <laughs> there's, an, there's an irony in all this, Gary, but I'm not
1: sure what it is. Oh, man. That's why there's a need for more than one source of electricity. Yeah. We got our uh, not aquatic, um, hydraulic, yeah, is, is the correct term the hydraulic, the natural gas, the nuclear. Solar, wind, all all key factors. <laughs> all
0: key factors. So if you'd like to join the conversation and get ideas from us on how to take care of your territorial home, Jennifer, my wife, is in the call screen room, and she'll take your call at one 767 4348 Daniel has called and has a question about elastomeric paint. Let's see if we can take that real quick, and then we'll get back to talking the different categories of maintenance you need to have identified for your home. Daniel, good morning.
2: Hey, good morning. Love the show. Thank I was just calling. I've heard you mention a few times that, that uh, you didn't care for a last American paint, and I was just wondering why.
1: It's
0: well, too good. <laughs> where 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 in Arizona are you, Daniel? I'm in Green Valley. Okay, beautiful, beautiful. Um, the, the problem we have discovered with elastomeric paint, number one, 95% of the time, it's not installed per manufacturer's guidelines. It has to be put on so thick. It has to be put on as thick or thicker than a credit card. And the dilemma with it, Daniel, is if you're painting a stucco wall with elastomeric paint, you're basically putting an impervious raincoat over the top of your house and as you go up the wall sooner or later you're either going to hit a parapet or you're going to hit some bird blocking or wood of a dissimilar material than the stucco and however you treat that joint now becomes the most critical waterproofing issue of the entire house because once you've put a waterproof raincoat over the top of your house if any place at all develops the least little bit of crack and moisture gets in, it's now trapped inside. And what we saw through the 80s and the 90s, as builders began experimenting with this elastomeric paint, is the, pe- the water would get in, it would get underneath the elastomeric paint, and then the sun would come back out, and it would literally steam the paint Off the surface and you'd have these big sagging teardrop shaped bubbles hanging off the wall and I can tell you we made a fair amount of money in the 70s installing elastomeric paint and in the 80s but Daniel we made ten times more money in the 90s tearing elastomeric paint off the houses we thought it was a good idea it obviously proved us wrong and it it, the using it requires such particular attention to detail and it's almost and then and then you're putting it on as a a way to defer maintenance and eliminate maintenance but you have to become so vigilant at checking every place that elastomeric paint hits a barge rafter or a bird block or top of a parapet, then it really becomes almost more work than if you would have just installed a good 100% acrylic exterior paint. Now the exception, which I mentioned earlier this hour, is we do use a lot of elastomeric coating on roofs and horizontal surfaces. And it, it, it works fine there. I just don't like it as your primary source of weather protection on horizontal walls. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah. I've just, just been curious as why I've heard you mention that you didn't like it. I noticed that Home Depot and Lowe's and them sell it. I was just wondering. Yeah. Appreciate it.
0: Okay, man. And Appreciate I the phone call.
1: Not liking it is probably something we need to... Maybe reword the way we change it. We don't like it for a painting application on the exterior of your home. We use it a lot we use when it we're lot. fixing cracks. We use it a lot on our roof coatings for flat yeah. roof to protect foam. It's a great product and has a lot of great applications. It's just not the exterior paint of your home. It should yeah. not be elastomeric base. It should be acrylic, breathable and it, acrylic. And And
0: if you read the directions... I believe the specification is no less than 40 or 50 mils, and that's the thickness of a credit card. And generally speaking, it's not going on that thick, so it's compromised from the very first day. Having said that, I can tell you we have seen jobs installed completely according to the manufacturer's spec that have failed miserably. So exterior painting, 100% acrylic exterior paint, is the right way to seal up your stucco
1: and Arizona paint for the first time with the new newest development of Sherman Williams paints are offering 10-year warranty that's right up to this date have just been unheard of now you could get away with letting your paint job go a lot longer than that but when you come back to paint it the paint is so far gone the amount of you know, you, you, in some cases, they've got to be reprimed. You, yeah. which you shouldn't have to if you're keeping up with doing it more currently. The amount of color fading, the amount of cracking—I mean, the, the, it will go a lot longer. It's just going to look horrible <laughs> and well, create a more expensive job when you finally get to it.
0: And a good exterior acrylic paint is the raincoat that you want on your house. And at the point the UV rays have cooked all the polymers and the and the uh, color out of the paint stucco is not waterproof it's a sponge so you've got to keep fresh paint on a stucco house we have generally said every seven to eight years now arizona paint company has stretched that out with their 10-year warranty but they're the only ones i know that are doing that so you have to be careful don't let your paint go that long so one of the things about a territorial home is when you look at stucco uh you see the, the really rough stucco on a lot of houses. We call that skip trowel, okay? And it's very, very porous. When we're doing a Santa Fe finish, when we're doing a territorial finish, we're actually using a steel trowel to apply the brown coat, and we're rubbing her out smooth, almost like we're finishing concrete on a slab. Which raises the cement to the cr- to the, the the cement cream up to the surface, and actually creates a bit more waterproofing than just a quick skip trial texture. Then we finish that with a sponge rubber float and sand a sand finish Santa Fe finish. They're pretty much, you know, unless you want a smooth Santa Fe finish, but generally it's a sand finish, and that's the perfect surface for putting the 100% acrylic exterior paint on, and and you'll get seven, eight years out of it easily. It's fairly easy to paint because you're not having to cut in around a bunch of bird blocking and bar drafters and all that stuff. You just slap it on there, spray and back roll, and you're, you're done. You can get her done quick. But that smooth Santa Fe finish does have a bit more water-resisting characteristics to it than that super rough skip trial texture that's just put on with a lot of sand uh, quickly
1: (laughs) a key element is how fast the wall system can shed your water and when it's rough it slows down the water extremely uh, effectively (laughs) a smooth sand finish you can just see the water pouring off of it in a good monsoon and uh, it's pretty easy to See that that's a better system <laughs> yeah. for stucco and it, it looks better you know i i think the smooth finish yeah yeah well i do like some imperfections kind of adds a little bit more character, character and, and authenticity but i'm not talking you, you know going back over with the skip trout. skip trout. yeah
0: well another mistake we made in the industry when we were building these territorial homes Is It was by code. We had to have the plaster weep screed on the outside of the stem wall. And when you're trying to do a smooth finish on a house, that weep screed kind of looks obnoxious. And so we then moved the exterior walls inside of the stem wall by an inch and we put the drip screen at the bottom of that framing on top of the stem wall and then we just plastered all the way down to the footing so you just saw one neat clean finish without that horizontal line well it wasn't but a year or two after we were doing that and i'm, well, I'm saying we we in the industry everybody was doing it i'm not i'm not pointing fingers at anybody but we moved that weep screed in on top of the stem wall. Well, when we did that, we moved the water inside on top of the stem wall to get all over the baseboard and the uh, trim and the flooring itself. So we had to come back and, and fix all that as well. So if you're in love with the territorial style home, I'm not here to try and talk you out of it. I'm just here to try and tell you, you're, you're going to have to pay attention. The more exposed wood you have in the way of vega tails, in the way of headers above your doors and your windows, uh, the smoother the stucco is, uh, you're, you're going to have to be vigilant to keep the house watertight. I'm going to finish with this. In all the remodeling I've done, and I think we tried to add it up. Uh, about six months ago. Well, it was before that because it was before the accident. Uh, we think me and my company have done something in a neighborhood of $150 million worth of remodeling over the last 30 years. Um, I've never torn a territorial home open that didn't have some moisture damage on the outside walls. I rest my case.
1: <laughs> now, the final segment of this topic, we're going to go interior. If you have seen our blog, uh, we've got what I think is a proper application for wood. I, I'm critical of wood, and I think people think I don't like that at all. That's not true. As as a structural part of the home, I don't think that's a proper application and how we should be using it. But when you look at this on the decorative beams and woodwork and furnishings inside— that's where your wood's supposed to That's be. That's On the interior. Is that not beautiful? That's handsome. Really mm-hmm. handsome.
0: Toe tapping Saturday morning at Rosie on the House. Hey, babe. Hey, babe.
1: How you doing this morning? You feel okay?
0: Why do you at? Do I look bad?
1: No, you look good. Oh. look better all the time. Oh. Uh, there's a gentleman who's called a couple times over the last couple months. He's just double-checking that you're not in pain.
0: I, I, I must sound like it. Huh? <laughs> no, no, I can tell you all, I, I am it on a pain, you know, the nurses always want to say on a 1 to 10, where's your pain? I can honestly tell you all, it's, it's, as far as my throat's concerned and voice concerned, it's a zero. There is no pain. It's just...
1: Aggravation, for it's one. It's just the,
0: <laughs> all the tubes they had down my throat... Paralyzed my vocal cord open, and but they're going to fix that. They're going to implant a, a thing. They say I'm going to have my old voice back. Hmm. That, that's supposed to happen in the next couple of weeks.
1: There's an app for that. There's an app for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately, it requires needles. Dang it. Hey, Ooh, we've boy. got
0: a caller who's been patient. Let's see if we can take Bob and answer his question. Good morning, Bob.
2: Hello, Rosie. Uh, I heard you talking all about this stucco this morning and. Uh, I'm a I'm a remodeling contractor. I do just small jobs, nothing on your scale. But I was recently uh, involved in a small uh, remodel where we did frame stucco. Okay. And the guy who did the stucco uh, recommended acrylic stucco since he doesn't care for regular stucco on frame because of the cracking problem. Okay. And it really came out really beautiful. And I was just wondering what you what you thought of that product.
0: Well. Do you do you know the actual brand name? There's Drive It. There's Stowall. Um, are, I'm I'm not sure. No, okay. but
2: but all I know is it looked fabulous, and it doesn't. It looks like it's never going to crack.
0: Yeah, it it is a little bit more expensive. It is a little bit more tedious to install, but I love it for all the reasons you've already mentioned. Uh, it's much yeah. more uh, resistant to cracking, and you can actually uh, it. Sometimes in a smooth stucco, you know, you can see every stud uh, or every joint of the exterior sheathing. And, and the acrylic stucco just kind of spans all of that and it disappears. I'm a, I'm a, I love acrylic stucco.
2: Oh, good. Well, thank you very much.
0: Okay, Bob. And Bob says he doesn't do remodeling near on the scale we do folks we're we're a small company Rosie on the house remodeling that hundred and fifty million spans thirty, 30 years, years yeah. and more than one contractor yeah. I mean we we do some yeah. awfully nice big jobs but but we do a lot of smaller jobs too. We do a lot of kitchens and baths and room additions and and uh, just facelifts. so uh, you know if y'all, if if y'all are in the Northeast Valley, that's about the only area of town we operate in. Uh, that's and you've got a remodeling job you'd like to tackle. That's where we come in. Give us a call. I think we're probably about the only perfect five star rated contractor. And in that 130 million over 30 years, you know how many times there's been a complaint filed to register contractors.
1: Do I need two hands for this number? Not once. <laughs> Not. Once. I, I might I rest my case. <laughs> and uh, for Bob and Tucson, last week we had stucco renovations in. And uh, you've already got the job done. But for anybody else wanting to learn more about stucco, that was a great hour about stucco in general. And he, too, does like the acrylic. And you can go to com Under Homeowner Resources, you get an option that says Radio Podcast. You can click on that, and it'll take you to... Uh, our individual archive pages, and from there you can go to iTunes. Uh, iTunes keeps the last 20. You can go to Podbeam. We've got over, uh, I think, 1,200, really, hours on there, individual hours with over 400,000 downloads. You listen to all that, you'll be smart as us. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, uh, it take, it take it yeah, for what it's worth. Take it for better or worse. <laughs> uh but then on those reviews you mentioned we started using a third-party company you go search on line and you know a lot of people talk about their reviews here and their reviews there and There's nobody else that I'm aware of other than the guild quality that does – that's that's specifically for the construction industry and does verification that this survey review was on this home performed by this contractor. You hear stories all the time about people – competitors – using reviews against them to make a company look bad Uh, people use as an excuse for bad reviews that oh no that was just a competitor that wasn't real and maybe it was well the guild quality eliminates that and we put all the partners that come to rosie on the house that want to join the network through the guild quality screening process and they're all still four and five star we can't touch those reviews and it's one more way we can help be Arizona every Arizona homeowner's best friend by separating church and state of who's reviewing our partners. These are all done by a third party, not us internally. And you can find a certified partner at RosieOnTheHouse.com. Just click on certified partners, find a contractor, enter your city or zip code, select a category, and boom, results show up.